What's up, everybody? It is Doug Wagner from Films in Black and White, and this week we are here with a different type of ad because the sponsor of this week's episode is us. We are asking you to head over to patreon.com slash films in black and white and join our Patty family. There are such great rewards for being a member of our community, uh, like exclusive access to our live stream and even picking the movies we watch. We love having you as a listener and are so thankful you've made the decision to, to, to live and to grow with us, but would love it if you would consider joining our Patreon community because the best part of seeing a movie is the discussion with your friends and we are so excited to hear what you have to offer in terms of insight and opinion and experience. So head over to patreon.com slash films in black and white. Check out our different tiers there. Now on with the show. And you literally Yo, watch oh, two hey. friends kick the shit out of each other in the house. It's not like any any other motherfucker ain't cleaning that house, house up. That's no. you, Playboy. You may far when ready. podcast to give you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. What's good? What's poppin'? How are you all feeling? It is great to be with you on another like marvelous monday i I, I was almost gonna go wonderful and magical yeah i didn't know if you were gonna give away that we don't record this on wednesdays no i'm they know know now podcast magic we do this shit on monday but it's good that everybody's here with us we're excited everybody's here with us marcus how are you all feeling sir i'm here i'm i'm I'm, made us watch a movie and we are here to dissect it Um, no 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 I didn't make us watch this. Who made us watch this movie? Brian made Brian us watch Roush. this. Brian Roush. We love you, Brian, but God damn it. Because Brian, he's like, hey, I know I'm out and I can't be there because I'm on. I'm hanging out with my, my know, cool new baby. baby. Um, yeah. But um, you guys should watch. Uh, you guys should watch this movie and, and break <laughs> it down. And then before, you know, uh, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home yeah. comes out, and we yeah. were like. We should. That's not a bad idea. So um, we'll give a little bit more background uh, when we get there. Um, but Marcus, we yeah. have a game of catch that quotable catch to get into. Um, there you go. Awesome. Thanks for dropping that in there. So yeah, we got catch that quotable to get into. Um, and sir, you are still in charge of the board. That is currently the leaderboard where we're at. So yeah. Brian is probably, if I get one right today, Brian's going to finish in third place, just by default. If, yeah, if you get one right today, that's all right. Just though. by default. Yep, yeah, and that's right. that's disappointing for him, because he, he had a good season. It's hate he to, did have a good season. You, you hate to tear an ACL and be put on the bench. Oh, yeah, but I that's just okay. Compared. Doug Wagner just found, you know, he just took it. He did what you're supposed to do. Next man up. When, you're, when right. you go down, the next man right. gets called. You, you just do what you're supposed exactly to do. exactly how that works. That's so, exactly how that works. Yeah. But, sir, you are in charge of the leaderboard. Yes. And so I am curious, who would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? Um, you can go first. All yeah, righty. You, you go first. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Here we go. I wasn't there to conduct. Any fucking moron can wave his arms and keep people in tempo. I was there to push people beyond what's expected of them. I believe that is an absolute necessity. Okay. All right. 
You want me to read it one more time? Yeah, read it one more time. I wasn't there to conduct. Any fucking moron can wave his arms and keep people in tempo. I was there to push people beyond what's expected of them. I believe that is an absolute necessity. Okay. There's a one there's one movie that obviously comes to mind mm-hmm. when I saw this quote. Okay. Okay. I don't know what else it could be. Okay. Um, that has this energy about band and directing and yep. cussing somebody out. Yep. Um, I kind of want to just go for it without the hint. Okay. All so right. Bold strategy. I know, but I feel like it's not the movie that I think it is. So that's kind of, that's got okay. me on edge a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead and just go for it without a hint. Okay. And I think this is Whiplash. Marcus, this is Whiplash. Okay, Good guess. You. Good way thank to you. trust your gut. Thank Good you. work. Thank you. Thank Good you. work. You know, J. Jonah Jameson, I feel like that's a Spider-Man time. Man. And, uh, that's kind of what Doug's hit was at. Have you figured out my formula? I think I, I may have. I feel exposed. I think I got it down to a science. Just I think you hair. do. You yeah. pick the movie. You find one of the actors in the top six. Yeah. And you just say, it's going to be that one. <laughs> do I know that man's butt or that woman's body of work? Yeah. And I just go with it. Yeah. And you got it. You that's the hard part. Ding, but it's ding, like, ding. It's the top six. So it could be yeah. anybody. So that's uh-huh. where it fucks you up at. It's like, that literally can be anybody. That's true. That's a very so, good point. Yeah, okay. That's a very good point. Well, yeah, good, yeah. well good guess. Good guess, sir. I, I feel I'm, the whiplash energy in there. I'm glad you... This movie honest, was a lot. And I always... I don't know if you ever have this experience with movies, but like when I see an actor who acts different than my understanding of him as oh, an actor, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it fucks me up. So yeah, like no, when I saw him in Whiplash... I had seen him as like the dad in Juno and he was in Spider-Man and I was like, oh, yeah. okay, a movie with, with, uh, with, uh, JK Simmons. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can deal with mm-hmm. that. And then he starts like screaming flips. at people. Yeah. And I was like, flips. complete okay. 180, but I think he goes to show his range. Oh yeah, for which sure. Obviously is what he wanted to do. So, you know, they, they casted that perfectly. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. That movie's just really good all around. So. Um, but what do you have, sir? All right, here we go. Everybody ready? Oh, yeah. This is a conversation between two people. I ain't a doubter, but I am a questioner. What's the difference? A questioner wants the truth. A doubter wants to be told there ain't no such thing. Ooh. One more time. I ain't a doubter, but I am a questioner. What's the difference? A questioner wants to want the truth. A doubter wants to be told there ain't no such thing. Okay. I could go two ways with this because I feel okay. like it's either a like a conspiracy spy movie. Oh, okay. Where people okay. are having a conversation and someone's basically saying how they're open to the idea of a conspiracy theory or of some of their way of the world not being viewed. Um, or it is a sport movie and okay. someone is it's it's a and it's a team sport movie like okay. baseball or football or something like that mm-hmm. and they are are being like motivated with this it's an exchange between like top two yeah. players the two protagonists being so that's where i was headed but okay. i need the i need the hint to kind of figure out which guess i want to give okay okay so your hint is going to be black and white black and white yeah Okay. Okay. So this podcast is the hint. Got it. Yeah. Now, black and white could either be. With that I information, could, what you will. I could, I could take it as a black and white movie, like everybody mm-hmm. does with this podcast, or I could go the tongue. 
throughout the name of the podcast. Yeah. Um, or an Oreo. Or an Oreo. Could do that too. Um, Marcus, I am going to guess, is this enemy of the state? It is not, but that is I, that is a really good guess. Is Tommy Lee Jones an enemy of the state? No, that is um, it's Will Smith. Let me look yeah, up the Will other Smith. guy. Quick. I can't remember who the bad guy, is, who the uh, other guy in that movie. Yeah, is. I don't it's, think it's, it's, it's a very um, it's a it's very Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, no, it's a very Tommy Lee Jones. It was 1998. It's a very uh, like Tommy Lee Jones esque kind of role. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. it is Gene Hackman. It's Gene fucking Hackman. Yeah, that's Gene exactly Hackman. what it is. Yep. Yeah. This is not that movie, but I think that that's a great guess. This yep. is actually the Sunset Limited um, with Samuel oh. Jackson and Tommy Lee Jones. Samuel okay. Jackson plays Mr. Black. It's Tommy Lee Jones play plays uh, Mr. White. It's uh, based yeah. on a play. Yeah, that's a good play. I like Ooh, that play. Oh, it's yeah, it's heavy. It's on HBO Max. It's on HBO Max it if you want to watch it. it is. And the, I recommend everybody go watch this. Shit. They absolutely should. And you're not lying. It is very heavy. It's heavy. It's a, like if you're looking for something light to watch, this it's literally a two person show. It's a two. Yep. In this case, it's a two man show. And one setting, one, one scene. Yep. One setting. Yep. And, and it's no background. You get dropped in the middle of a conversation and they tell you, OK, go. And you're yeah. just like, holy shit. And it's it's a it's a it's a good conversation. I think it sparks a lot of great conversation from it. But ever since I saw that movie, I think I've watched it three times. Yeah, Specifically really their version. Um, it's really, really good. Yeah. I kind of want to see the play. I, I do, too. I would love to see how they go about doing that play. Is it the same? You know, the energy. Because, like, movies like um, Fences, when you look at Fences on, oh, the, yeah. on, the, on the TV, on the movie screen, it hits completely different as opposed to the play with James Earl Jones. And yeah. it's like, okay, like, they're given two different – they're giving this character two different tones and two different types of energy, and it's really interesting. But that's the one thing I like about when you do a play to a movie and a movie to a play. Yes, um, the it's, different it's, elements that can be brought to it. And, yeah, and we, the environment you're in also makes a difference too. Yeah, we went to one of the USD plays, so shout out to USD Theater. Nice, nice. But Brittany and I went a couple of weeks ago, and we saw the play The Lion in Winter. Oh, I um, about that one. How and that's it? really good, actually. It's really, really good. Um, but we did some digging, and there was actually a movie version of it mm. that came out in like 1948 that has like it was Anthony Hopkins's like first role on screen because mm. the dude is like 88 years old. Um, <laughs> and then it also has like Peter O'Toole, who is an is who is an incredible actor. So that was also a good one. But now that I've seen the play, I kind of want to see that version of the movie too. So that'll be yeah. I feel like anytime I see a good, I don't know. If I see a good play or a good movie that's a play adaption, yeah, I, I, it makes me want to see one of the other or like yeah. vice versa. Like I yeah. either want to go see the movie or I want to go see the play. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I except like rant. I don't know. Like that's a deeper discussion. I think I wish Brian was here for it too. Yeah, I feel like he could. Because I could, because I could pop off on my issue with musicals as movies. Well, I mean, what is it? Like, what is the? What is it? There's something about. Here's here's what it is for me when I'm in a theater and I'm in a seat and I am in the same room as the person singing the song. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like I'm listening just that I'm just listening to music. It feels such a bigger part of the story. But when I but when I'm watching a movie, 
I know that they did like back recording and I know that they, that this may have been piped in, that they weren't filming it and singing it. My brain disconnects and I start overthinking how it's there. So so I disconnect a little bit more. Um, And so it, that's why it's harder for me to connect than when I'm in a theater. Like when I'm in a, in a theater, musicals are very much my shit. Uh, When I was in college, I took a, like an ex-girlfriend to the show wicked in Chicago. That was really, really, really good. Like that was a good show. Um, I've seen other musicals in, in theaters that are really, really good, mm-hmm. but I, and I never question it. I usually walk away with like chills, like feeling really good about it, but movies, I just have, I have a hard time getting into them. I, don't a, know yeah. I mean, I think that that's fair. I mean, it's a fair analysis of how yeah, like your mind works and breaks yeah. down like the effort and the, performance part of theater because that's the other thing like when you're yeah. doing when you're watching somebody perform in theater in the back of your mind you know like oh they could fuck this up because this is live mm-hmm. you know what i mean but like a yeah. movie is like how many takes did you have you're really just kind of going over it it doesn't take yes yes the song is familiar but like it's not like watching somebody like me and my parents we used to watch like medea plays all oh, the sure. time so like all the medea plays that they're out we've probably seen all of them up, oh, sure. up to his past like five when we were just like all right that's enough of that but even (laughs) we would like we would skip like the musical portions when we're at the house and just watch the rest of the play unless we really really like the song yeah but when we look at dream girls dream girls we are watching dream girls for the songs yeah we don't skip a song we go through every song on there but if it's if it's medea we don't really like you know we didn't really listen to that singing and really going through that and so i don't know it's just that's 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 just an interesting topic I think we should come back to when it comes to the environment of where you watch something yeah. Um, and and what stakes is there because you go yeah. to a, a play production, you're sitting there, you know, yeah. like what you're in for, you know, that yeah. there's going to be inter- intermission, but until you get there, there's a certain respect. There's a certain ambiance to watching. Yeah. And the same, I think with the movie theater too, but it's I just agree. How, you're, how you take that in. And I will say this too, that is not to take away from like movie actors who do mm-hmm. musicals to say mm-hmm. like, oh, they don't have the talent to risk it like on a theater, like on oh, a theater no. stage. Because yeah. I remember I saw the the Chicago musical yeah. in um, I think it was like my like ninth grade for me that came out and Richard Gere sang on that. And so did mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger. And I remember like listening to that being like, man, these guys got chops um, and they can really, really sing. But still, it's it's not a movie that I actively yeah. revisit. But I'm impressed with the song and I'm impressed with their ability. Um, but it's just again, it's it's I think that does have something to do with the the risk and that group participation in that yeah. endeavor in a theater house versus on a screen. Yeah, yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, well, the movie we saw this week is neither a musical nor it is not. It's, it's in fact although, maybe the complete opposite. Oh, although there are musical interludes, whether you want them or not, there are musical interludes in this movie. jazzy undertones, jazzy undertones. Um, if you thought smooth jazz was dead in 2006, it it's is not. Um, so, Marcus, this week, yeah. Mar- uh, Brian recommended I'm still going to pin it on him. Um, Brian recommended <laughs> that we watch Spider-Man three, uh, which is Tobey Maguire, which capped off his uh, his end run um in that role um to sort of uh prepare ourselves because we're two weeks away from no way home um marcus i would love it before Mm. i give you a run everybody a rundown of fast facts i would really love to hear your barbershop summary 
of Spider-Man 3 for those maybe who have not seen it or even those who have. So what do you got, sir? That's really interesting. (laughs) Okay, so what had happened was is you have a 40-year-old pretending to be a 22-year-old and everybody has the personality of a plank of wood. Okay, so you have Spider-Man who is in his third trilogy. And finally, everybody loves Spidey, although he saved the city on more than one occasion. New York finally decides we love Spider-Man. All right. So in this, Spider-Man is kind of feeling himself. Mary Jane is not really feeling that. She's struggling in her singing career and she's being told that she sucks. And, you know, she gets fired. Harry is still dealing with the death of his father and still got beef with Peter, but then loses his memory because he gets hit by, you know, well, he gets hanglined by Spider-Man and Spider-Web. And not to mention, he gets a bomb thrown at him, too. So he's being physically abused by your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, who ain't so goddamn friendly. Um, So then you have an alien symbiote and a man um, made of sand. All right. So all of these people are coming together in this movie. Peter finds out that the guy who's made of sand is really the one who killed his uncle and the other guy got away with it. You know what I mean? So basically, there you go. Who who Peter essentially killed in the in the first movie. He just backed him into a window. So that's like handless murder but whatever you call that what you want so then they go he gets mad at that because the killer is still on the loose the symbiote is coming down and it feeds off peter's anger and that peter is feeling himself and then he kisses gwen stacy and does all this stupid ass shit and he's got to fight eddie brock for a seat at the table at the fucking at, at the daily bugle so all of these emotions are high it is like we're dealing with a bunch of damn teenagers and when everybody is grown as hell okay so he finds his black suit the black suit uh, make, it gives him extra strength, but it also like takes his anger to a whole nother level. Okay, which involves a lot of crotch popping and nineties and seventies jazz undertones. Whenever and the most insane dance moves you've ever seen in your life. It's this, it's ridiculous. I have no idea. And and, and a black popping collar, which everybody's just like, oh yeah, that's the thing. So um, <laughs> Harry uh, loses his memory, but then he gets his memory back. Turns Mary Jane against uh, Peter. Tells Peter like, yo, yep. I'm in love with her. She tells him, I don't love you anymore blah 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 blah. peter goes to this whole thing where he just wants to be a rebel and a badass um and then you have the sandman who's trying to do the right thing for his daughter who probably has the most wholesome storyline in this thing but yeah whatever and for some reason gets sand powers but i'll get to that later that's one of my problems with this thing and so they go they all have to fight each other he has to overcome with harry he also has got to overcome his thing that he did with mary jane and like he's also aunt may is also here randomly but she ain't really got a part to play she just come in to drop wisdom and then leave um i guess she was too old at that point and that's kind of what this movie is surrounded around yeah and if it sounds like a mess it's because it is one like it is it is just all over the place um and i have some interesting like backstory into why it is such a mess uh, that i'll kind of get into a little bit later but i did want to give people um some fast facts of this particular movie so this movie came out in 2007 april 16th 2007 um no, sorry, May 4th, 2007 is when it came out. Um, it was directed by Sam Raimi. It was the screenplay was written by Sam Raimi, Ivan Raimi, and Alvin Sargent. Um, it was starring Tobey Maguire as uh, Spider Man Peter Parker, Kirsten Dunst as um, Mary Jane, James Franco plays Harry Osborne, Thomas Hayden Church plays Sandman, Topher Grace plays Eddie Brock Jr. slash Ven- Venom. I have a reason. lot of problems with For that. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard plays Bryce Dallas Howard plays um, uh, what's her name? Gwen Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Um, James Cromwell plays Gwen Stacy's dad. Um, 
Yep, the commissioner. Rosemary Harris plays Aunt, reprises her role as Aunt May, and J.K. Simmons comes in and plays the hell out of J. Jonah Jameson. Um, this movie had a budget of around $350 million, give or take, um, and it made $894.9 million at the box of office. So, a success. I mean, I mean a, on the books. Not, a financial success. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> it feels weird to call this a success um, with all of the like the weird script mm-hmm. issues. So mm-hmm. but Marcus, let's just let's just jump into it. So mm-hmm. my here's where I want us to start, because this okay. is a movie that has been out for the better part of like what what over 18, a almost yeah. over a decade. So I do want us to chat about like when we first saw this. So okay. I remember going to this movie in the theater. Marcus, when did you first see this movie? I I believe I saw this in the theater. So this was, and the only reason I remember is because I vividly remember the opening credits with the web and the in the web flashback. I remember watching it. So I definitely saw this in the theater. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I remember 2007, I would have been in college. So I probably worked at the theater at that time. And we probably Mm -hmm. watched it either, um, you know, fun fact is that if you work at a theater that doesn't have a digital, they have to put it all on reels. So a lot of times they'll get together the night before it is aired to come out mm-hmm. and they'll screen a movie to make sure that it's clipped, it's cut correctly. Yeah. Um, so, which Old is a lot school. of fun. Yeah. And I remember that's how we watched a lot of things was we would assemble, somebody would assemble the movie and then we'd get together that's and watch dope. it as a staff. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but yes, I remember seeing it in the theater and Marcus, I had some very specific problems with this when i first saw it okay i i remember i didn't like it but i didn't Hmm. remember it's kind of interesting because spoiler alert okay wait 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 wait, wait. before you get there yes i want to i want to i want to kind of let's 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 flash back a little bit more okay okay Okay. this is spider-man 3 yes okay i'm trying to remember what other we're going by the rules of thirds here. We know trilogies yeah. exist and we know movies automatically get trilogies. If you get two, you're bound to get three. Was yep. kind of how it worked, right? Um, and we knew after the success of Spider-Man one and yep. one and two, which two yep. Spider-Man two is, I think you could craft that as one of the more perfect superhero movies. Yep. Um, it was it was just done extremely well with a great oh, cast and a great storyline. One of my top favorite superhero movies of all time i will i will agree with you i think it's up there um but going into spider-man 3 what other third movies did we see now i'm trying to think like x-men was x-men 3 out by then uh that's a good question trying to see what else is there maybe i'll look that up while you explain um well this was i mean what do you mean that this came out 2000 x-men the last stand came out in 2006 okay so it would have come out the year before this came out. So that would have been the next set of like trilogies that we really saw. So, and I think there are moments specifically with the soundtrack where I heard a lot of similarity between the X-Men soundtrack and the Spider-Man three soundtrack in, in moments. Like I feel like they still had that, that theme that they played throughout that, da, da, da. but there were moments that were X-Men up a little bit That's interesting. to give our listeners a little bit of context. So there were a lot of like what I would also call like big movies at the time that came out during 2007 that are that are sort of notable and kind of fall into that same realm of like being thirds so rush hour three came out in 2007 um it came out august 10th 2007 
Um, Live Free or Die Hard came out June 27th. National Treasure Book of Secrets came out in 2007. Um, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer came out in 2007. Ocean's 13 came out in 2007. So there were a lot of like movies that came. Dream Girls came out in 2007. Yeah, there were a lot of, um, and we had seen studios invest in longer um series of movies with yeah. saw because saw four came out at that time so they had done previously three to that so there was a lot of things that came out spider-man 3 is the top box office film of that time Not so surprised. of your top 10 um you have spider-man 3 shrek the third transformers <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. So there's two other trilogies right there, Marcus. Shrek the Third and then See. Pirates of the Caribbean. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. The Bourne Ultimatum. 300. Ratatouille. I Am Legend. And the Simpsons movie all came out in 2007. And several of those fall into that trilogy category. I, that is very... Okay, so here's what I'm saying. And I want you to get into your memory. I don't want you to okay. forget... I won't. It seemed like people were always um, kind of talking about superhero movies nowadays, right? Yeah. If you look at 2006, 2007, mm -hmm. superhero movies, this was, you have Ghost Rider, yep. you have a movie literally called Superhero, Hellboy, TMNT, yep. when they tried to reboot it, not as a live action movie. And, and so it's like, going into Spider-Man 3, we knew Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 were good. We knew they were Randy awesome. had figured this shit out and he had the shit down to a science. I yep. vividly remember the soundtrack in, in, in Spider-Man 1. And if you yep. look at Spider-Man 1, the way that they tell that story, that is over the span of what feels like a year in that movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They go all the way to Thanksgiving. So yeah. looking at this, what was the mindset going into this dub for you? What were you thinking or what were you expecting in this third movie? I was really excited to see a continuation of the story. Um, I was really interested to see how it all played out. I think the other thing to keep in mind that's important context wise is this is where my like interest in comic book and comic book movies probably started because off of what the, th the really the people I worked with at the oh, movie okay. theater, to be honest okay. with you, because okay. I had a lot of people that would read graphic novels and comics and i remember one of our managers when we would work he brought a copy of the watchman to the theater and he read that and i remember thumbing through it and looking at it and being like this is a comic book because it's a graphic novel so it, it, it flows it a lot differently really yeah, than some other yeah. things and i remember reading through it and being like wow that's really good um and i also remember just we talked a lot more about it so i kind of pulled off of their energy a little bit and okay. got into it with with one and two. Um, I think the other thing is, is like one and two, specifically Spider-Man one. I mean, Peter's a high schooler and I was in high school when it came out. So I think mm -hmm. there was a connection point for me that was a little bit clearer. And the line from me to Peter felt a little bit more natural. I was okay. a nerd. He was a nerd. Like he was trying to get into a popular group of friends and and, mm -hmm. and get the girl to notice him very much where my shit was at, like when I was yeah. in high school. So mm -hmm. I think there's a thread that goes throughout that that makes sense and it tracks yeah, um, yeah. for me yeah. anyway. So yeah. it's a little bit different, but that's that's how I initially connected to it. Did I ever think in 2007 we would be at the level we are now with comic book movies? Never in a million years. Yeah. Um, what did I think that that was going to be a thing? And I think the 
I think Spider-Man three was made me what made me put that in so much doubt because mm. it mm. was such a shit show that I remember leaving it going, there's no way they can turn this into a thing. Like there's yeah. just, there's no way they can turn this into a thing, yeah. but, it, but it, man, I would be eating some crow if I were ever on the record for that now. But I remember that being kind of where I was at when I initially saw this movie. Hmm. How about yourself? I like it. Uh, for me, okay. For me going into Spider-Man three, I had seen all the Spider-Mans in theater, um, had all the action figures. And yep. so I, I didn't know much about Spider-Man. So the sure. idea that, and it, just to let you know where my head was at, the idea that his webbing came out of his body yeah. made sense to me, right? Sure. So I never, I never was the one that was like, well, that's not comic accurate. I'm not going to pretend like I was always just like in the know. A lot of my personal comic book experience comes from watching these movies, yep. X-Men 3, Spider-Man, whatever the case may be. Um, outside of Superman, Superman, I watched the Christopher Reeve version first and then got into comic books. Um, sure. So when it came to this movie and then looking at the 90s, I made the amazing Spider-Man in the 90s and realizing how different the stories are later on down the road. This was my introduction into who Spider-Man was. Tobey Maguire was my initial introduction into the character Spider-Man sure. for the most part. Um, although there was all these renditions and all these different types of Spider-Man, and now Jesus Christ, it's, the Spider Verse is over very real. Like it's oh, it, it's very, very, very real. So going into this, um, I had the Spider-Man game. I had Spider-Man One, where you could just swing. There was no ground. All you had yep. to do was just swing all day. And Spider-Man you got Two got to the top of a building, expanded. and that's where the mission started. That's where the mission started yep, on yep. the roof. Everything just happened to be on the roof of something. Yep, I remember um, and that. Then when you look at, um, I remember putting in the cheat codes to be Green Goblin, or you can wear these different skins, or the Alex yep. Smith version of Spider-Man. So then going into Spider-Man 2, they did this thing where they expanded this universe in this game, yeah. where you could go into stores, and you could go all over New York City and just fall yeah. in the water. It was like GTA, but for Spider-Man, and that shit blew yeah. my mind. Then we get into Spider-Man 3, the movie, not the game. We get yeah. into Spider-Man 3, the movie, and I'm like, I'm expecting something big, because of the characters that you have in here are the ones that are more f familiar outside of uh hobgoblin what to me wasn't as popular at, back then or i wasn't familiar with them and sandman wasn't as popular the only thing i knew about sandman was in a comic book cover spider-man had sucked his ass up in a vacuum and that was how he defeated him. and i was like how do you make this motherfucker a so that was my that was yeah. kind of my um expectation in spider-man 3. that's fair that's fair and i remember that's a really good point. I remember that's when I would start to like do research on Wikipedia about a character mm -hmm. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I remember mm -hmm. I remember seeing Thomas Hayden Church because I think he was in Sideways at that time before, like okay. right before then was when he got big because he did that comedy about wine with Paul Giamatti that was set out in you California in wine from, country. What I remember him from that late night show Wings. Oh, sure. Was it yep. Wings? Was it Wings? Yeah. Something about when he was flying planes and shit like that. Yeah. And I remember just because. TV would just be on and he was in that old show. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's um, yeah, this is kind of all over the place. Yeah. I want to get into the pieces of this, like when I remember back in the day, the things that yes, like, bugged me. Yes. Versus what bugged me now. I remember being really, really, really pissed about Harry's goblin suit and the fact oh, that he was on okay. a snowboard versus a glider. I remember <sighs> saying, I remember being outraged that they just were like oh and of course they did a snowboard because it has to be popular like i remember being up in arms about that 
um, for really no reason. And I, and I said this to myself when I watched it um, today to kind of dive into it. I remember saying like, that doesn't bother me. Like it's, I, I don't know why I was so upset about that because at the end of the day, Harry's supposed to be a young kid. Of course yeah. he would make it a more younger version of it. That, that creative choice didn't bug me. I remember, I remember being thoroughly disinterested in the like love story of this component between, um, b- between Peter and, and Mary Jane. I remember okay. not really giving a shit about it, to be honest with you, um, okay. in any way, shape or form. And I remember being hung up on just some of like the campiness of some of these moments of like, okay. where, where people would say things or do things that just bugged me. Um, like that scene in that diner, that diner scene <laughs> where Perry, where, where, where Harry looks at that waitress and she says, how's the pie? And he goes, mm. so good. I yeah. remember, I remember repeating that line no less than a million times. I, that to me was the funniest thing. Cause it, to me, it highlighted everything wrong with the movie. Like the acting was kind of all over the place. It felt really campy. It was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, and I, and I think I also remember being like, that's the first time we saw Venom like on a big screen. And I yeah. remember being thoroughly let down with Venom. Yeah. And yeah. to be honest, that point still stands. I am thoroughly let down with the choices that they, who they casted for Eddie Brock. And I'm thoroughly disappointed in how they, what they did to Venom, what they did to my boy. Cause I always thought that that was such a cool character, but they were, it was just one of those things. Like I remember seeing it and being like, fuck this. Like it just, that's it. Like you're going to, you basically said, what can we do to make Venom more dangerous? Well, let's get Toby Maguire light. Um, and we'll cast him in the movie to play Toby Maguire light. Yes, that like is how Pepsi. I. Okay, yeah, that All is right. how I feel. That Toby is how I, I feel about Topher Grace. Okay. All right. All right. So, All right. You're and, not holding and back. That, and that's just kind of where I was at. Um, is okay. that like I remember being really disappointed when I watched it now. I have a whole different list of issues with this particular movie because okay. I paid a lot more attention to the dialogue. Okay. What's up? Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Okay. I'll keep going. Yeah. Here's keep the going. thing. That, here's the thing that bugs me about this. Yeah. They made choices in this movie. There's okay. There's two poor pieces of this. So I have two forks in this particular road road okay. that funnel into why this movie is just a flaming bag of shit. The first thing that bugs me about this movie is is the choice they made with Peter. And the choice that I really struggle with with this is I don't think they made I don't think the way Peter was written was Peter fought the corruption of the black suit enough. I to me, the way that this movie is paced, it feels like Peter gave into that black suit corrupting him like that. And he didn't even think twice about it. Whereas the way that I understood Peter at the time, remember, I grew up on the on the amazing Spider-Man Fox TV show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember that Venom episode. And every time he is just about to even hit somebody in that show, he stops himself and says, like, whoa, I got to slow down. This suit is doing something to me. He this this Sandman, he he literally starts dissolving in water. 
This Peter sees that he's like, oh, I'm going to get you and just pours more water on this poor guy. Mm -hmm. Then the Mm -hmm. next day walks into his aunt's auntie's house and says, guess who I killed yesterday without like without without actually saying it. He walks into her house. He's like, he's dead. And she's like, how? He's like, I don't know, Spider-Man. She's like, why would he do that? He's like, why wouldn't he deserved it? Right. Peter Parker. Would yeah. never fucking say something. He just like rolled that. the fuck over. He would feel immediately remorseful for having killed anybody, and Aunt May would be the last person he would tell. Yeah. yeah. He would tell a stranger on the subway that he killed yeah. somebody by accident before he told his Aunt May. That's and I, that bugs that, me. Yes. That yes. bugs me. It bugs me a lot because it's those it's those choices with that that character that just kind of irk me. And and the yeah, so that's that's where I want to start is like those those moments with Peter bug me. And and yeah. especially the how he fights Harry. Like he even in that first scene where he clotheslines this poor kid and he hits yeah. every fucking thing on the way down. Mm-hmm. There's no like let me try to just disable him. Like let me try to just slow him down. He's like, "Nope. I got to take him out." And I got to yeah. I am going to take him out. And yeah. Yeah, he gives him CPR after, but I think it would have been more indicative of Peter and Harry's relationship if he had tried to, like, subdue Harry without hurting him. And this was, they have to fight to the death. I don't know if you know this, but that kid would be dead. Yes. (laughs) Oh, you understand? Yes. With the speed that he was on his snowboard, as you called it, and then he would be decapitated by how strong that web is. Because if I'm not mistaken, the web is strong as steel. Yes. It's not the fucking train in movie number two. <laughs> you mean to tell me that this motherfucker can control how soft it is now by hanging? Yeah. Like he just fucking hand yeah. cleans him. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He would be decapitated. And yeah. there's, a, again, that's, that's another like, Peter doesn't care if he kills somebody. And yeah. it just, all of that subject matter for him bugs me um, in, in how they rid him and, and wrote him and what he did to it. Um, And then there's just the, in general, the other aspect of this that like really kind of irks me is just not, this just movie is doing too much. It it is just doing too much. We need to tell it to like lay down, do less. You are doing way too much. Um, And there's a reason for that. And it's because the studio got involved um, and they insisted things were included that, that didn't need to be included. Um, and so that, that has a lot of that. I can go into more detail, but I've talked for a very long time. So I'm curious what you think of, of where everything is at. So, okay. I don't even know where to fucking start. Okay. So Spider-Man three is a mess because not, I used to think it was because, (laughs) yes. Um, I used to think it was because the amount of villains that was in this movie. Yes. Um, And I don't think that that's the case. Mm -mm. The reason that Spider-Man is a mess is because you have these halfway plot lines that could be easily resolved, but they stretched it over the span of three, four acts, whatever it's supposed to be. Right. And so you not only have all of these half-ass storylines and plots, right. You have all of these characters dealing with something different. So you have Sandman and his daughter. That is a thing that cannot be talked about in the span of a movie. And he's a C character at best. Yeah, I mean, he has maybe 20 minutes of screen time. 
So Maybe then you look 25. at Harry and his dad and all the shit he's got to go through with Harry and Peter, yep. his dad and Mary Jane. You try to figure that shit out in 45 minutes. And then you try yep. to kind of clean it up with the amnesia thing, which is a good plot line to say, oopsie, I forgot. Now I'm going to make a comeback. You have Mary yeah. Jane, which, oh, my God. And I'm going to and I'm going to start Jesus. with her first. Jesus um, Christ, and then you woman. have Peter with all of this shit. And I think you're right. The way that they wrote Peter is ass backwards because, yes. yes, you can feel yourself a little bit. But it's like Peter also knew with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. And how to be humble. You have to. I, that automatically comes with it. Yeah. His uncle ben, anytime Peter would have acted the fuck up, I have to imagine with the weight of how much his uncle Ben meant to him. As, mm-hmm. as how they depict it now. Now I'm not saying I didn't say this shit. Y'all made yeah. this shit the way it is. So yeah. with the weight of how much he's willing to murder somebody for yes. his uncle Ben and yes. the memory of his uncle Ben, you mean yes. to tell me he wouldn't remember how humble his uncle was anytime right. he's about to do something drastic and fucking stupid? Yes, I I don't I just understand find that, that hard to believe. Yeah, and and. It's almost like they didn't want to say with great power comes great responsibility line. And they were like, no, we have to say that to the very end. But that's the part of this that bugs me. And even during the flashback, like Peter's remembering that. And instead of it doing what I I thought that would happen with the character is a no, no, I have to be better than that. Yes, that 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 yes. you're right. That bugged me. That bugged me a lot. And granted, it's the suit and, and it's the. It's, it's about the symbiote feeding off of that anger. I understand yeah. the storyline. But also yeah. it's like, okay, Peter doing bad shit and then rubbing his chest every time like he got fucking heartburn does not define how strong that suit is <laughs> in, in doing the bad shit that he did. Taking somebody in the dance in front of his ex, wash the suit or take the shit off. You know what I mean? Or put some goddamn right. talcum powder underneath the suit. So like you are dancing in front of your girlfriend with this new girl is not indicative of how badass the suit is making you. I don't and give a fuck you about you getting get a new to, suit. And can, do you just get to walk into a jazz club and if you jump oh. up on the piano and you got dance moves, no motherfucker asks you to leave? The, before that, you slide the host $5 and tell her get me some shade. You whisper in sweet, her ear, sweet get cheeks. me some shade. Did you yeah, hear him sweet say cheeks. Sweet, sweet cheeks? Give I was me some like, shade. And secondly, the fact that Gwen Stacy doesn't look at this motherfucker and go like, um, this date is over. Like you just called the hostess sweet cheeks. Um, I'm out. Thank you for inviting me. Let's never do this again. Like it's the worst. She's like, is that your girlfriend? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, um, oh, you know, I'll be okay. And then she just, as soon as that motherfucker would have did the little twinkle fingers on the piano, I'm out. I don't give a fuck. I am out of here. Or the fact, or the fact that when she's like, "Oh, isn't that your ex girlfriend?" and he goes, he sneers and goes, "I'm cool yes. with it." It's like then I'm gonna go to the bathroom, or I'm gonna text my friend Twinkletoe, and they're gonna come Thank and pick you. my ass up. And like, we're gonna, and we're gonna fucking go. Here's yeah. my problem. So I'm gonna start here. So we, I don't want to get into you know 41 minutes in. I, you know, what I mean, that's I don't fine. Get right to it. We had we Mary had... Jane, Mary Jane Watson. Yes. You this the way that they wrote Mary Jane Watson. Now, Ooh. my my perception of Mary Jane Watson was always she was the complete opposite of Peter, where Peter was more humbled and yep. not really humbled, but he was more mild-mannered, if that's a yes. fair term to use. I think so. Mary Jane was the complete opposite. She was strong that. and fierce, and she was all of these things in a comic book and yeah. encouraged him to go and, you know, she had all of this confidence in the world. 
when I look at Mary Jane in this movie was written yep. so in a complete 180. Yes. She, in the beginning, in the beginning lines, she tells Peter two things. She tells him in the beginning after he saw the play, tell me how good I was again. Excuse me? Fuck? Excuse I said it once. Me? I told you, you I was sitting in the front row. You were great. I came to you, bought you flowers. I'm cheering you on. And she's like, really, was it good, Peter? Tell me how good I was again. And then tell, me she that you says, love, tell me that you love me. I just fucking said it. Doug, you beat me to it. Motherfucker, build a web in the park. And this motherfucker says, tell me you love me. I said, what? Excuse me? I built you a fucking web. Like, I just made you a web thing out of in the tree. I don't even know what this shit is connected to. People can see us. They would know I'm Spider-Man if they saw me in this goddamn web oh, thing. Yeah, I want I want like a cut to the crackhead in the bushes going like, is anybody else seeing that? Like, Because <laughs> you know. like Am I kidding right now? It's, it's new New York. There it's are people in that park that is there's not like they getting came caught to South in Dakota. This web. Fly, there's birds and shit flying getting caught in this web because he's trying to be goddamn romantic. This shit ain't romantic. Dog, you don't have a mask on and a cheap-ass three-piece suit. Get off the web and go the fuck home. <laughs> and she's like, tell me you love me. Peter, this isn't about you. Here's the other thing they got me about Mary Jane. Okay. Motherfucker, he is Spider-Man. It's true. He is saving the city. You walk out because basis. you got fired. It is a sad day because you got fired and they did not call you in to tell you you were getting fired. I get that whole thing. And you know what I mean? That was your dream and your passion. But also, you walk outside thinking people are giving you applause for a fucking play. Because you because you walked out. Because you like, walked out a back alley like people are supposed to know you are walking out. Yeah. And then you get mad because you see him swinging by being Spider-Man saving life. Yeah. What have you done today? Right, right. You showed up to get fired. That's what you did today. And that's, and that's not, and beyond before that. What did you do? How many people did you save? <laughs> did you eat up somebody across the goddamn street? Well, and this brings up an interesting question that I had is because I agree with you. Those moments are like, what were your realistic expectations, lady? Like, let's right. slow down here a little bit. But there is a part of me that like when she's telling him like how bad a day he had. Like when she's like, oh, man, I had a terrible day. And he goes, no, no, I can relate. You know, as Spider-Man, uh, there is a part there is a man. part of me that no, would have no, no. been like. Bad part I, is. <laughs> out, yes. out loud, I was like, dude, you might want to stop like right yeah. there. Just don't go down that road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to feel that, sorry for you. <laughs> but there's other moments when he's at the and he was absolutely wrong for that. Right. Oh, yeah. There are other moments when he's at dinner. Right. Yes. And she says to him. So when were you going to tell me about her? Huh? That's okay. just some girl in class. She's not important. She's right. Some girl in class. Well, Although I mean, she's jealous. And, well, and also remember at that point, he did do their signature <laughs> upside down kiss. Duh, in front here's of the thing literally about a thousands Duh, of people. Here's the thing about a signature kiss. The only ones that know that kiss is signature is him and Mary Jane. Nobody else knows that shit. That's true. That's okay. That's not that does not define. We only know because we watched it like a bunch of creepazoids watching two people <laughs> kiss in the fucking rain in the first one. But that's signature, true. hey, that's our kiss. How many people you done kissed upside down? If I hang over the bed and I want my girl come and kiss me, guess what? Not a signature kiss. I'm sorry. You can do it for anybody. That's true. It's a good point. That's a fair point. It's still he shouldn't he shouldn't 
kiss. No, he shouldn't have did it. No, he should not have done it. He <laughs> fucked up. And that was yeah. their kiss. That, and that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. He, did, he did fuck that up. And even yeah. letting her kiss him in the first place. I would have like, did. no, 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 thank you. I'm just here for the key. I, I will say this to Toby. Toby did this excellent reaction shot. And she said, when are you going to tell, when were you going to tell me about her? And he had that same look of like, that's just some girl from like, he really did. I got, I got caught. I got caught everybody. Um, but yeah, that, that is, um, that's a good point. I hated, I mean, much of their relationship. I hated, I, I, like I said, and I heard, and the thing is, is like, when you listen to the dialogue that was written for her, she sounds entitled. And mm-hmm. then she sounds angry that she's not getting any attention. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I hate, I hate that for her because to your point, to your earlier point, she is entirely for all intents and purposes out of Peter's league Mm -hmm. and their love is so connected for who they are that when she figures out she's, he's Spider-Man, she is proud and excited for him, but there is no moment where this Mary Jane, and I don't think it's Kirsten Dunst's fault. I think it's the writing. The writing was written as such where she was not allowed to be supportive. She had the only option she was given is you're supposed to be jealous to keep this thing between Peter Mm. and Harry an issue instead of moving that route. Even at the end of Spider-Man 2, we see her leave the wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, she's running from the wedding to Peter. Yep. She hugs him at the end and kind of gives this look into the camera. Or when he hops out to go swinging, it yep. comes back to Mary Jane. And she's sitting there like, what did I just do? I, right. I just feel like, man, you knew what you were getting into. You know what I mean? That's like, true. He is Spider-Man. Which makes, which makes me have questions about how much time has passed. Right. I have a lot of questions about how much time has passed because one, I don't know what the time is between two and three. Not that it's entirely relevant, but it assumes that, I mean, Spider-Man two came in 2000, came out in 2004. This is three years later that this next one came out. I assume, assume they weren't like, well, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Like it would have have to have followed the time. Right. And so so bring me to my next point. You kill, you know, Harry's got to be, you know oh, Harry yeah. feels like you killed his father. You know that. Oh yeah. Spider- he Harry also knows who the fuck you are. A hundred percent. You think you can just walk around and not keep your head on the swivel? Like this motherfucker was not going to follow down his daddy's path. Right. And yeah. and to stem off of that, the goddamn butler, you had oh. this information the whole time. And you literally your watched two ass. friends kick the shit out of each other in the house it's not like any any other motherfucker ain't cleaning that how to house up that's no. you playboy that's like you. you're cleaning that mess up that explosion and behind that portrait that's you brother they don't hire in a maid to clean that up that's you like you have to do that so the fact that you sat there and was just like oh by the way i'm gonna yeah. let these two dudes figure it out yeah no, I don't think so. No, you fucking fired. You're fired and don't come back because no. I wasted all my time coming up with a serum to make me stronger, wasting all this damn time when you could have just told me, hey, buddy, hey, your dad killed up. himself. I cleaned his wounds. He killed himself. And you're headed um, down the same path. You should stop before yes. this gets out of control. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that that a lot of that. And I also just have issues with like Harry's. I mean, I get the amnesia amnesia as a plot point, but I have a lot of issues with the way James Franco played that 
because I felt he didn't play it person with amnesia. I felt like he played it with a like a with, a disability. with a mental disability. I said um, the same differently I said the able same thing. In that hospital, when he's like, I fell down. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Come on, James. He's not. Come on, man. Like, he's not. Come he's on. not mentally like, disabled. He's, he's not, not. Bro, he is not. There's not. Nobody. You said you have amnesia. Not. Not a brain. Not brain damage. <laughs> right. Why are you talking? I had a whoopsie. Uh, like, one hit my head or, and now I'm or, free. Or like, when oh Mary God. Jane comes in, he's like, I know that face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wrote you. I wrote you a play one time when I was in high school. Like, why are you talking like that? Are you a different person? Like, it just said, "Oh, that bugged me so much." I remember saying that, and I was like, "Why is he acting like that?" He's so stupid, Franco. Then now I look back on it. That is so stupid. That's why he Very looked at him and gave that look. It was like the pie is good. Like the pie is oh, so so good, so, so good, so good. Like, so what's wrong good. with you? What's up? Yeah, I. I mean. And the thing is, is like I remember it different. I thought he did the strawberries rub of his lips, which was the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen. I thought he did that in the diner. So there was a there was a very real moment where I paused the movie and I watched that scene again. I was like, they edited it, and then nope, just misremembered. But that oh, when he rubs his lips, I was like, we know, we know how you tasted strawberries, man. Keep your hands out your mouth. Yeah, it was disgusting. Peter um, puts on the suit just to go to the house his ass, and then right. throws a bomb at this guy, and everybody's all forget. I would not have died. Fuck that. Fuck that. First off, Harry would be dead. Second yes. off, the nerve of Toby to go back there later and be like, hey, man. I need your help. I need help. My ass would be like, you better get out of here. I got a whole closet yeah. full of new shit for you. You better get out of here. Because yeah. that that was insane. That was the most insane. First of all, you tried to decapitate me, throw a bomb at me. <laughs> like it's it's what's what's going on? What's what's going on, man? What's happening? Yeah, I don't know. It's insane. Um <laughs> yeah, I think you're right though. I think the the it's not it's not multiple villains, it's half cock storylines. And, yes. and and yeah. and the fact that the fact that we didn't see more of Aunt May in this. I mean, Aunt May only gets 10, 20 minutes worth of time. And that's mm-hmm. what's really weird is because, again, if this is supposed to be a story about redemption and forgiveness, which feels like the payoff at the end, but it's a really weak payoff. It's very where weak. And it's based around Sandman instead of... And again, can yeah. we talk about Sandman for a minute? So let's yeah. see. I want to see if I understand this correctly. Mm-hmm. First off, you mean to tell me there's a particle testing facility <laughs> within 20 miles of New York City? Wait, no, there uh, fucking is not. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Before you even get there, why are they particle testing sand? It's just sand. And they the never gave a reason as to why that they were testing sand. And also, can we talk about how shitty the scientists were? Oh, okay, you all, can, you all can measure mass. I know yes. you can. You're scientists, yeah. and you know how to do it, and I don't. You're scientists, <laughs> and you're like, man, the mass density, you're, the density of this mass has changed. And that, this that is probably, yeah. It's probably just a bird. Okay, a bird weighs yeah. at most five ounces. And fucking, this, is, what's his, this guy was huge. This motherfucker's muscle mass this alone. Man is 
210, mostly muscle. What the fuck are you talking about? That motherfucker, that, that, that doctor hopped on there like a DJ talking about it was probably just a bird. It's probably Thinking just a bird. And the other guy was like, I should still go, right? Like, I'm, I already hit the button. We're going, right? Like, they did not. The safety measures at that science lab are shut down immediately. Also, the fact at the very end, Thomas Hayden Church basically just disappears into the wind. Yep. And wow, what? Yep. He has this deep, he supposedly has a deep conversation with Spider-Man, basically begging and pleading like, all right, Spider-Man. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do this, man. My daughter's sick. That's the only reason I did this shit. And Spider-Man is like, all right, man, go ahead do do your thing. I forgive you. He tells him the story about how his uncle got shot. It was almost like Spider-Man's like, Yep, that's good old Uncle Ben taking a bullet for the you know what take, I mean? like, taking a bullet for the little guy. Like, what the fuck? And he just like go on about? be with the Lord, and the and the sand just goes. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I want to go be with the Lord. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? That it's, movie is so. This movie is so. First of all, Spider Man would have died a lot quicker. Oh, hundred percent. man beating the dog shit out of Spider Man. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And here's the other thing. I want to I want to address the monster in the room, which is I would really like to know what version of Catholicism Eddie Brock Jr. practices that this man walked into a cathedral and said, hey, God, it's it's me. Can you kill a man for me? Then the bells ring rung and he goes, he's going to do it. Like, (laughs) you must not have read. What any of it like, the hell you Eric, didn't read you must be smoking too much weed in that goddamn basement you because didn't... <laughs> this is not it yeah i i mean those choices and i just again i feel like you could have gotten a different dude to pay opposite peter parker you had to have i topher grace is a great actor i've seen him in other things beyond this okay I just don't understand why he was the choice. I don't hold him accountable for being in the movie because they made the decision to hire him. But there's a part of me that looks at this and goes, you certainly could have played that differently. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't get it. The mouth, all every mm-hmm. inch of that, the Venom character in general, every inch of that bugs me. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fact that, I mean, he knows Peter's secrets, but he doesn't know Peter's secrets. And if you find like, why didn't why didn't Venom tell Sandman? Oh, yeah, that's Peter Parker. And I know that because of this reason and this like he just said, I have all of his secrets up here. Uh, There's just all sorts of that. That whole relationship felt really, really rushed. And it felt very we're going to put this square, try to put this square peg in a round hole. And we're just going to keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it until it fits. I mean, I, here's the thing about Topher Grace. I, I, I'm, I'm going to assume he's a good actor. And this was yeah. after what felt like the first thing I seen him in after that 70s show was over. When yes. I look at Venom, I'm looking at somebody, kind of how Venom is now, the opposite physically, physically first, the opposite yes. build. It's, yes. He, Venom is bigger. And even Eddie Brock oh, in general 100%. is bigger. Because um, he's a bodybuilder. He's, yeah, because and, and that was the thing was like, and this is once again my reference to the Fox Spider-Man was like, yeah. this Venom was big as hell and got the powers from that Spider-Man, but really craved the other Spider-Man and it had a voice. Mm-hmm. This depiction of Venom was like, okay, it was just a symbiote. It had kind of a mind, but really, it was, I don't know, really just Eddie Brock, who was more so in control than the yeah. Venom suit was. So, yeah. and then the teeth, when when Eddie Brock peels his face back and his natural teeth is messed up, and then you look at like 
I don't know. Venom is kind of built like Spider-Man, but just like a little bit buffer Spider-Man with no chin. I don't know what the fuck going on, really. It's, yeah. it's just too much shit happening. It's too there's much a lot shit of, happening. There was a lot of shit like that, and there was a lot of those choices that bugged me. Yeah. Of like those those little things, and I think again we keep saying this. This movie was all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole. I mean, the whole jazz diner thing is fucking insane. And I know we talked about it with the like Gwen Stacy being on a date. The fact that we had more than one scene with a jazz dancing number blows my fucking mind. <laughs> and, and here's the what other thing. Going through? I don't know. And here's the other thing that like, and, and here's the thing. Raimi does humor like that. I mean, if you've watched Evil Dead, specifically Evil Dead 2, and then even um, Army of Darkness, he does a lot of that style of humor. He even did a horror movie after this one. I'm going to look it up here in a second, but he did a horror movie after this one that was very kind of humorous. It had those moments of like weird, like random jokes, but they were generally funny. I think the issue is, is that you're in downtown New York. People watch you walk out of a store, walk out of a suit store, dancing like an asshole from 1970. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, guy's feeling himself. Look at him go. Like, I just, I didn't understand why that was the choice i didn't that was the choice that kind of really stuck with me because there was no need for it you had already it was the an evil peter had so many things adding up that would have by themselves would have been enough to convince me that he was different oh yeah oh yeah you didn't need you didn't need suit rubbing your chest like you have vicks vapor rub on you didn't need hair falling over your face like you're in an emo band. You didn't need all of those things. I got it. And can we talk about the other thing of how just shitty he was to women in general? Oh, yeah, like he the the poor girl that works in his apartment, she's like, "Do you got any cookies with nuts?" And she's yeah. like, "Well, I could go make some," thinking yeah. that's an unreasonable thing that no one would ever say to go do. He's like, "Oh yeah, go get me some." F- what the who the fuck yeah. are you? Like the- And that's supposed to be the once again how do you define how bad the suit is making someone? Right. Uh, oh, typical Peter Parker would have just gotten, I, and I don't think that that the, the version that they showed was a 180 of who Peter Parker was. I just think yeah. that you just went completely off the board and was like, well, let's do some shit that he would never do. Like yeah, certain shit, Peter would stand up for himself and like, that would make sense. Yeah. But the way that he was treating women, like, I don't think that Peter would have done that, but also, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to, I mean, and they kind of address that in the scene where it's like, Oh, it, it, once it bonds with you, it makes your qualities, it, it makes your qualities worse, particularly aggression, but being an asshole and being aggressive are two very different things. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You could be an asshole and not aggressive at all. And you can be pretty aggressive, but at the end of the day, not an asshole. Because in retrospect, then my question is what made Venom so goddamn big and bad? Because before Man. Eddie Brock was not, he was not, he wasn't bad like that. All he did was do a bad Photoshop. And it was he tried like, to, okay, he tried to get ahead. He tried to get ahead. And I don't think anybody given the circumstances would have done anything. Then he tried to take a shortcut, but then they tried to retcon that at the very end where they were like, why are you doing this? He goes, because I like being bad. It makes me happy. And it's like, what and do you, like, all you did was Photoshop a fucking photo one time. And that's what you got to. You were up. in a relationship. You were an eager beaver, but you weren't again, you weren't an asshole. Yeah. It's like, 
It's like the Venom suit was made of like Ed Hardy cologne and you put it in and you just turned into an aggressive asshole that's mean to women and just mean for no reason. And I don't understand that. It's at like all. I know you're a douchebag, but it's like I know you can't fight. Like, yes, you look stupid <laughs> as hell and you smell like shit. But also, right. I know you can't fucking fight. Like if right. it really boiled down to it, you really wouldn't be about that shit. I do also have this other question. And it's it's not it's me me being a critique. But okay. can we what is what is Peter's suit made of in this movie? And in any of these Spider-Man movies, because he gets hit with something and Plastic. half of it falls off. Well, this <laughs> is what pissed me off, dude. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. That was no, that was my point. It's like he gets hit once and like his arm sleeve is completely torn and half of his face is off. I'm like, dude, the guy just looked at you. Like you're not even in a fight yet. Here's the thing that pissed me off. I literally said this shit out loud. I watched this movie like an hour ago, <laughs> right before the podcast. Okay. And in the whole final fight scene, this dumbass, <laughs> this dumbass is Spider-Man is walking around with half of the face and the mouth. They have a hole. Yep. There's literally only a corner of the mask. Yep. And he's still wearing this shit in a serious face, talking to Mary Jane. Bitch, yep. take that fucking mask off. <laughs> You look stupid as hell. Right. And you, that's, that's the moment where you're like, you okay? Yeah, I'm and, good. How's, what, how's, 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 how's your mom? How's your mom? Is she yeah. Right? What are you doing? She's like, I'm, I'm fine. Like, first how, of all, she's how, acting weird. You just, he just saved diner? you. Is it the jazz diner okay? And the, here's the other thing. Motherfucker, nobody ever explained that fucking Harry was the one that told her. Oh, hey, yeah. No, he got away he, with it. Nobody ever explained that shit. No, she never said anything. And the fact that that man was let back into that establishment after the performance he gave is mind-blowing. Yes. yes. I do not understand how at the end of the movie, that movie finishes with him walking back into a place where he's kicking chairs, dancing on pianos, flipping, flipping over motherfuckers, sexually assaulting the hostess. And they're not like, no, not you. You could get the fuck out of here. Like, and and the second thing is, she stops singing and she's like, "Peace out." It's Send awesome. me my mail me my check. I'm That's out. The worst way. This is the worst. I'm thinking about it now in real time. This is the worst way to end a trilogy. Oh, that I scene, that and it was terrible. That scene where we typically have Spider Man swinging off into the yeah. distance. With an American flag or whatever it is this motherfucking land yep. on. And this time they're like, no, no, no. We're gonna end it in the jazz, in the jazz diner. And it's gonna with end with dance. a handshake. Like it's gonna end with now. a handshake and a hug. Come on. And now. credits, thanks, Toby. Like that's all it is. That's how you end Toby's legacy. And this is part of the reason why I feel like they bought them back. I feel like uh, Kevin and, and call me crazy, but I do okay. feel like the only one that didn't really need to be bought back for redemption, a redemption arc, which is what Spider-Man No Way Home feels like a little bit, yeah. is Doc Ock and um, and Green Goblin. Those no. two, I think, had great endings. They sacrificed the well. Doc Ock turned good, sacrificed himself. Everything was good to go. Green yeah. Goblin killed himself, ended with the perfect line, don't tell Harry, and then he dies. But then yeah. when you look at Jamie Foxx and 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 the Amazing Spider-Man and all that shit like that, and maybe Sandman a little bit because you know he didn't really get a full ending. Okay, right. and Lizard, those those characters needed to be brought back to maybe given some kind of yeah. Conclusion. The only two, the only two that you said didn't need to are the two that did the best job. And I will say 
the fact that they kept they were able to keep get keep getting um the guy who played Green Goblin to come back yes. even in 3 to do an, yes. an appearance was yes. incredible because his uh, his performance was that impressive. It was that good. I think Willem Dafoe is just a solid guy and I also I think, think Alfred Medina a, is also solid as hell too, I think right? he's just a a solid actor. Just They're both solid. just got great chops. They both have great chops and they understand they don't act like some of these and it kind of pisses me off. Some of these actors who play these legacy characters that we so love yeah. They kind of forget where they came from. Yes. And I understand the fandom can be a lot, but there are some, like, I believe, like Willem Dafoe, when they asked him to come back, and I think he asked, well, what's the story? Yeah. And I think that somebody was like, okay, well, yeah, the story makes sense. I'll I do mean, it. I mean, Alfred Molina was in a movie from 1986 about a, a lynching in Mississippi mm-hmm. called Mississippi Burning, where he plays yeah. a lawyer investigating it. The dude has some fucking chops and can yeah. act. So the fact that they're like, what's the story? And they're not going to come back. I appreciate that, that it's not. I'm not going to come back just for fan service. Mm-hmm. I am going to come back if it's meaningful and it makes sense for me to do so. I so that, I, yeah. I and I feel like, again, those moments are where Kevin Feig does. I feel like that's why you have Kevin Feig on staff yeah. to say, you want me to bring them back? Then you give me a story that I feel like is worthy of me even making that ask. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's kind of the the air about him that he insists on there being quality before he's going to put forth time, energy, and effort and dollars. And I why think else, that that's impressive. Why else would you do this? Like, that's true. I'm, I'm thinking out loud. This is Tom Holland's your your trilogy is your crown. It determines yeah. your run as Spider Man. And yep. they've seen this before where they said, we've gotten a Spider-Man trilogy before. Yep. And Jesus, we got halfway through a Spider-Man trilogy yep. that got canceled. They filmed it. They filmed some shit and everything and apparently just got, yep. I guess, canceled. Right. So then, um, you know, they have to look at this and say, we have to do this the right way. Yeah. We They, they are. Marvel's kind of decent with trilogies. Thor is a little iffy. Iron Man's also a little iffy. Captain America's a little iffy too, if you ask They're me. They're all a little iffy. Their <laughs> they third acts, are, yeah. their third acts yeah. are a little rushed. And it's not always their third. It's one it's, in each it's of them. It's one in each of them. Thor Dark World is, is exists to make sure that you understand that the ether is an infinity. That system. was the only that purpose the only for that movie. movie that, the only reason why that one got made. Yeah. And it I believe that like, if they had streaming... They would have done that movie completely different. It would have been a yeah, it would have been a Disney Plus show. But you look at this, and I'm like, why do you bring back these big name actors, these legacy characters for this new, this kid who's new to it, trying to make his own name? There has to be a reason you're trying to either wrap this shit up or you're trying to continue telling the story and expand the Spider Verse. I have no idea what direction they're about to go. I also don't know. I think though. I do think that there are going to be some moments that come through with some of these that make a lot of sense. And I think that that's, I think we're going to see, we're going to watch spoiler alert for everybody listening. We're going to watch the amazing Spider-Man two, the Andrew Garfield one for next week um, to prep. So I think we'll have more to discuss. I do think Toby is going to bring the level of expertise having being put in that situation, assuming he's the same Spider-Man from Spider-Man three, that's being pulled in because that's the other thing that I don't think anyone has considered. What if it's Toby, but in a different universe? I don't think it could be though. I I don't think it could. I don't think you're right either, but that's a great, but it could, but it could be, it could be. Um, 
So where the that. Sandman, you know, they all come in where they're about to die. Is that goblin right before the first moment in Spider-Man? So it or, has to be the same Toby, right? Well, I think that's the other thing is that like remember they said like well in their universes they they die. That's a different electro than, that's than what we yeah. said. That's a different electro because yeah. even you know I've watched enough of the the breakdowns of images. He's wearing an arc reactor on his chest. Yeah. That's which, a different Electro. So it's possible were, that these are different versions of those characters right. that we know. Or the same version. And somebody had a had a um, a theory that that Electro had been here, has been here already. So like oh, I the, saw that. That was interesting. Blue, they, they got all these powers and then he has been living here, got his hand on some Stark tech and doesn't want to leave and knows what life could be or whatever the case may be because they've been compared to Venom pops up on the timeline where yeah. Spider-Man gets revealed. So yeah. the, nobody, everybody doesn't come in at the same time. Yeah. Everybody's coming in at different. So it's it's interesting. I don't know where Sandman, the only place Sandman could absolutely come in is when he gets washed away and turned to mud. That's the only thing that I could think too, is, is that's where he pops but in. But Doc Ock, and then, though, then he dies. Well then, yeah. And I have other questions. I have other questions too, because my other question is, is this a back to the future scenario where like they, like they have to return him just to that point or it's, it screws. Uh, that's, that's what I, and I think that question. that's the exciting part of this is figuring out the, the timeline and the time travel element of this, because there's a moment of like, okay, you pull him out of that universe. Well, he's going to, now he's going to fuck up the one he's in, but it's going to fuck up the one he left. Yeah. So it just raises the stakes for why he has to go back because well, these things have to happen. But again, what we know is, from watching Loki, they don't have to happen. They don't have to happen. Yeah. That's they the don't have thing. to happen. But yeah, nobody knows that. So that's the oh interesting man, There's all sorts of shit happening. I'm excited. <laughs> I wish that Spider-Man 3 didn't happen. I kind um, of I kind of wish it didn't. I'm gonna I want to give you some information okay. before we get into right. how because I want you to hear the version that maybe we were set to get versus the version that we got. So okay. quick update. So um March 2004, Spider-Man 2 is released huge hit basically right after it came out they announced sony announces we're working on a spider-man 3 um for release in 2007 mm. um and so that's kind of where they were at um in 2005 sony completed a seven-figure deal with the screenwriter alvin Sargent, who had penned spider-man 2 um they were going to sign him to sign to write spider-man 3 and they gave him an option to sign to write a fourth film that's where this whole mystery okay, of the fourth came the from. Because they signed that. Right? Yep, 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 yep. Right. Um, uh, so Ivan Raimi writes a treatment. Takes him about two months. Um, Sam Raimi kind of says like, well, let's use this film to kind of explore the idea that Peter is not a sinless vigilante and that his actions have implication for people, for the criminals he's hunting. That they are still people and his actions have impact on, on others. And it's not just about being a superhero. It's about that power responsibility dynamic um they really wanted to bring harry back they didn't really want him to follow in his father's legacy they wanted him to kind of be somewhere in between peter and sandman like some of this like flux of you're not really sure his attendant like his like intention um but that's kind of you don't know really where he's gonna fall Sandman was only brought in because Raimi really liked him visually as a character and i will give them credit Sandman's powers and the way that they were able to make him move for 2007, it's an, an impre it's it's impressive. Good. It's, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, they also kind of wrote a different 
character arc for him and made him the criminal um where in the comics he's not the guy who killed peter's to Mm -hmm. uh, where he killed uncle ben but Mm -hmm. they kind of wrote him this way overall this movie is going to be those four characters peter mary jane harry and the sandman and really peter's peter's journey being one of forgiveness hence that ending sequence with peter no venom no venom at all Hmm. Raimi wanted another villain at one point in time. Ben Kingsley was with in involved in negotiations to play vulture before the character was inevitably cut. Hmm. The producer Avi Arad had convinced Raimi to include venom. Um, who's a character whose perceived lack of human humanity had been criticized by Sam Raimi, basically saying he's too much of an opposite for us to put in this movie about forgiveness. We can't do it. Like I don't, I don't want to do it. Um, Eddie Brock already had a minor role in the script. They weren't going to like, they were going to tease him and have him run into Spider-Man a couple times or into, um, Peter a couple times, but they weren't going to make it that way. Um, Arad felt that the series relied on too many of Rami's personal favorite Spider-Man villains, not characters that fans wanted to see. So he basically oh, so says, Arad like, fucked this shit up. Arad said, we have to, we have to give the fans what they want. And if we give the fans <clears throat> what they want, then they'll love it. And right. so this yeah. is where you fucked up. Okay. Okay. Yes. Keep going. I'm, I'm yeah, going to say, no, yeah, keep, you save it. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually Raimi made the decision to include venom just to please the st- studio. Um, and as he kept doing it, he was like, all right, this isn't such a bad character. Um, and so basically the human, they really, the reason why that Topher grace was cast is they wanted him to be a human version that was close to Peter. They didn't want it to be the opposite. They wanted it to be these two kids are essentially the same, but their powers take them in different directions. Which yes. would be a yep. good movie yep. if it was just that story being told. Yep. Yep. So anyway, so his actions as a journalist were supposed to represent paparazzi, which were big at the time. Then they also suggested in, involving Gwen Stacy to have a, be like an other girl type. Um, and Raimi had already had her in there, but wasn't going to do a whole lot with her. And basically the guy, Alvin Sargent soon found his script so complex that he was like, let's split this into two movies. But the problem is, is that there wasn't, wasn't enough storyline for them to find a natural climax where you could end part one and then pick up part two. So that is some production background of how this movie came to be. And I think it's pretty clear where this went off the rails. The minute the studio said, well, we have to do X to film to, we have to do X to please fans is the minute that this shit went off the rails. The very minute this shit went off the rails. And I got all of that from Wikipedia. So you can dive a little bit deeper and take it with a grain of salt because it's not a peer-reviewed or like an actual source. But um, yeah, so you can can look at it and and look at it for yourself. But the fact that Avi Arad, who's a producer for Sony, says, well, this doesn't do enough to please fans. I would have much rather see Raimi's original original script of it being a story of forgiveness with... Vulture, Sandman, and you will. I I think that if you don't have so much shit going on with Venom and Sandman, I think that you can write a compelling story where Harry and Mary Jane and Peter have personal trouble, and that yeah. there is this dynamic where Harry knows Peter's secret and chooses not to follow in his fa- father's footsteps, 
but doesn't forgive Peter yet either. That's a much more compelling story of this because you know you can follow in your father's footsteps if you want to, right? Like, you know you can. You just choose not to. And so I think there's a lot more there about, like, choice and the power of your choice and the power of forgiveness. That's a much more compelling story arc than the bullshit that we got. Because like you mentioned at the top of this, it is eight different quarter stories jammed into a four act movie. Jesus. Yeah. You here's my here's my perspective. Um, Okay. Yeah. Here's my perspective. Okay. When you try to you money you money hungry bitches (laughs) because. When you try to say, well, this is what the fans want, you mean that this is what the fans will pay for. Absolutely. You got it. You bing, so, bing, bing. So Marcus for 500. You, so when you when you say shit like the fans will love this, you really mean that mm-hmm. this will really sell because they want to see some shit. Which, when you look at Spider-Man 3, when you heard the names of the villains that were going to be in this, Hobgoblin, Venom, Sandman. Weird. You're just like, oh, okay, cool. I want to see Venom for oh, the yeah. first time on the screen. I want to yep. see Hobgoblin because I want to see the completion of that story. And Sandman, we've never seen on screen either. So, like, let's see what he can do. Oh, not to mention the actors that are playing him. Cool, yeah. right? Yeah. So this is 2007 when we were used to seeing these completion of these stories like this. Yeah. Right. They had they had neat endings. They, they had, had clean neat, endings. Neat and clean endings. And and it, and. You money hungry bitches. Yeah. I just, I would have, you should have trusted Raimi to do his thing. Look at Spider Man 1 and Spider Man 2. That's what I don't understand. I I don't understand. You shell out this massive deal to pay this writer who just wrote you a fucking huge hit in Spider Man 2. That's. Was was a great movie story arc was wise and plot wise and the way it developed. And you said, no, you're going to come in and clean up this mess to make it appease fans and make us money while still holding on to Ivan Ramey's original, like what he spent two months putting together. That's that's not how you write a movie. You don't write a movie by committee. You essentially. And again, Ramey had done one and two. Why, what, what did he do in one and two that made you essentially yeah. say, we don't trust him to do three. And don't like, tell I don't somebody understand that they were that. too dependent on their favorite characters. Here's the thing. If we've learned anything and I'll use Zack Snyder's justice because I just honestly believe it's a good template for, and a good story when it comes to studios getting involved in some shit. Oh, sure. And when a director has their favorite when the director directs their favorite characters absolutely when you look at directors who love the characters and when you look at actors who love the characters they play yeah they are going to take the time like tom holland even in the spider-man shit yes. you think they gave this motherfucker three more trilogies just because it's a it's a money maker that ain't it it's because tom holland said he wants to be the rdj to the next generation yes he wants yeah. to craft Spider-Man the way that he wants to craft, and he's going to grow with this character because he knows, first of all, it's going to be a hit, and he's going to have a legacy yeah. that beats out. Because I believe, put a pin in that last thing, I believe Tom Holland is not no dummy. <clears throat> and um, I'm going to say it this way. Tom Holland knows that he is mentioned with Toby and Andrew Garfield. And I believe that this motherfucker was like, 
okay, watch me work. And is going to develop yeah. a Spider-Man that is going to be easily, hands down, the best Spider-Man we've seen. I I think I think that I I unfortunately think that you need to have Spider-Man 3 in order to get the amazing Spider-Man, yeah. which would eventually leads us to the Spider-Man we're getting now. Yeah. Because if you watch interviews with folks, Andrew Garfield was inspired by Tobey Maguire, uh-huh. and you have to believe that Tom Holland was inspired by Andrew Garfield and and, and what and what Toby did. You cannot have those folks. No. They don't exist in a vacuum, no. and they are drawing influence from it. What have we said from the get-go? That P- Toby's Peter is a good Peter. Mm-hmm. Andrew's Spider-Man is a good Spider-Man. And Tom's is a blend of both because he's been fucking doing the homework and he, he knew the, the assignment. That was he the said, only I have to capture route. both of these. Yes. Yes. He knew, he knew, and he's going to play it humble and he's going to say, I love, you know, he's not going to come and deliberately say that I'm going to be the best fucking Spider-Man, but you better believe no. anybody that loves their craft and their talent, they're going to say, I'm going to be the fucking best at, at, what right. at what I do. I don't give a right. fuck. I don't. Care when you mention me with Toby and Garfield, watch me act in this third movie, watch me make Spider Man some shit you ain't never seen before, yeah, and then have the audacity to bring in these two motherfuckers and say, Yes, I'm gonna act right beside him and show you who the best Spider Man is 100%. Absolutely, and and Alpha, whatever your motherfucker, whatever, not to to discredit you, but to say that don't it's too dependent on on Raimi's favorite characters. That's why the shit is so fucking successful in the first place. And I mean, we see it with people all the time. Like it, again, the the Russo brothers loved the oh, Infinity War God. story, and they wanted to pay homage to it. There, this you can't. We've got to stop saying that we people love something too much, so they're too close to it, so they can't do it right. That's not true. They, that is not how this works. No. Directors are capable of taking something they love and putting it on screen, and I think. That world is the only world in which you have a valid argument against the Scorsese's and the Ridley Scott's and the Dennis Villanueva's of the world. You can't say for things like Spider-Man and others, that's not good enough Mm -hmm. because those people love that character and they want to do the best version of it that they possibly Mm -hmm. can. You absolutely can say that of Spider-Man 3. Yes. You can say that's trash that's watering down the market so my shit doesn't get out. That is a valid, that is a valid argument. That's a great, I I just feel like it's just, when your focus is off, when you look at Thor, the dark world, or you look at Justice League, the, the, um, Whedon cut, or you look at Spider-Man three or fantastic, like fantastic four rise of the silver surfer is good. It's a sequel though. I have questions about that too. I have questions. I mean, it's like they, they did what a sequel was supposed to do, right? Oh, right. you like this characters and these dynamics? We're gonna amplify that times ten in the sequel. If a little and is that's good, where you more must up. be better. Exactly. Yeah. If a little's good, more must be better. Yep. Exact. That's exactly what they did, and it was like, oh, okay, great. Like this was, this was, this is gonna be good because this, we want to do more of that. But like, yeah. you fuck it up every single time. One hundred percent. When you don't have focus, you have to have a central focus. And Thor the Dark World was trying to tell this story about the goddamn ether while also telling a story about elves and shit that I really just didn't give a fuck about. And a halfway relationship between Thor and Natalie Jane Gordon. Foster. Yeah. 
which now they got to give her a redemption arc when it comes to Thor love and thunder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like you said, it's just, there's too much all over the place and you need to, we need to stop doing this. And I think again, those moments are moments where you can say things like, yeah, that type of stuff. And maybe that's, maybe that's part of the argument is like, you have to now do so much of them to either make up or to keep the machine rolling that it, that again, it, 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 the market becomes saturated where that's the only thing that comes out. And every year there's three of these things like, and so I get their point and Spider-Man three is the one that kicked it all off, (laughs) but you have to have, but you're right. You have to have a Spider-Man three in order to get another Spider-Man three. Oh, hundred percent. Somebody's got to learn a lesson from this. And I think the amazing Spider-Man was kind of on the right route. They just, they, they, it was a the, lot of the amazing Spider-Man. The one where it's just lizard is good. And I'm here for the, the second one where it's like, well, we're going to kind of tease yes. Rhino yeah. and then green and goblins green kind Goblin. of in it. And then Electro is the really big problem. Like all three of those things. Again, it just had too much going on. Too much I would stories. We'll see this next week. I still think though, those are more complete plot lines. Yes, they have to be. Yeah. It's the only reason you bought them back was to say, hey, you remember these characters that died or like whatever? Like you only bought yep. these characters back to introduce and to complete the arcs of Tobey Maguire and oh, yeah. Garfield. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yep, absolutely. And to define what the difference in what Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to be moving forward. Yeah, and I think it's to, again, it's it's the last, it's the last lesson. It's the last lesson that they can learn. Yeah. And I think if I'm looking at how these movies ended, Toby Maguire lost his best friend because Harry died. Yeah. And, and, and Gwen. And well, and Gwen. But Toby Maguire lost Toby Maguire lost his best friend. Andrew Garfield lost his love the love of his life. These two are gonna come in at the climax of this fucking movie to make sure that that yeah, young Tom Holland doesn't make those same mistakes. That's fine. That's fine. And it's fine. I, that's it's fine. fine. But that's what's missing is that yeah. yes, Tom, yes, Tom Holland's Peter Parker knows how to be the as close to an Iron Man as he can, or knows that he can't be and he needs to be himself. He learned that in the second one. This yeah. one is yeah. going to be we now need you to see that you can't ignore the stuff that's close to you either. That's fair. And and the importance of protecting your people. And I think that they're that the line. The gist of the movie or the theme of the movie was said in one of these teasers for Spider-Man Far From Home was there has to be another way. And yeah. I think because Peter is always willing to yep. be the person that's trying to find another way or trying not to immediately, you know, he's defining who his Peter is and what that means. Yeah. I'm interested to see where they go with this. I'm glad we did rewatch this. I am actually um, glad we did, too. It's trash, but I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's absolute garbage. But. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do like seeing where Sandman is and seeing where, mm-hmm. you know, I have to watch the amazing Spider-Man, but like to see where these villains are, where their headspace is and what they plan to do in the future. We don't know. We just want to, no, y'all, not. please, not to, not to our faithful listeners. This is nothing new with you, but to any new listeners that come in here, it ain't really to you either. But if it is, oh, well. Who, who, is this, who is this for then? Sure, you're right. Well, good point. <laughs> this is for all those motherfuckers that keep theory after goddamn theory after goddamn yeah, even, Spider-Man yeah. theory. Even though we just did that, 
that's fine. We don't do it often. <laughs> Y'all do it every single. Can't do it every TikTok. I can't even keep up with it. It's t- just watch the goddamn movie, please. Just watch the movie, please. <laughs> that's all I really want just you to do. Sit, go to the theater. Don't record nothing. Turn your phone on airplane mode. Sit yep. the fuck down and watch the movie. And enjoy it. Like and enjoy, and enjoy it. Enjoy it and talk about it later. Or don't. I don't give a or shit. Don't. Keep it to yourself. But either way. Everybody and if you don't like to be it, the first one with a theory and everybody want to be the first one with a TikTok that go viral and here's, theory and, and, and here's the thing. And here's the thing. You could not like it. And you can talk about why you don't like it. That's the other <gasps> thing, is that there are some folks who love the Raimi trilogy who will come after us for hating on it. But at the end of the day, it you guys, it it's a movie. That we don't think adds up. And that's fine. And if you love it, great. And both opinions can be valid. I can like something. We can like something other people don't like and vice versa. And it's no studio's fault. That's art. Yeah. Yeah. I like Daredevil. There's a lot of people that just don't like Ben Affleck as Daredevil. Guess what? I enjoyed his leather wearing ass in Daredevil. That's true. Chafing and all. Chafing and all. Um. Speaking of Daredevil, Charlie yes. Cox, again, us manifesting reality that we said we that Charlie that. Cox was going to come back we, to be Daredevil. We did that. And, we did that. Oh, weird. Weird. Again, um, well, funny how we're right. Again. That's right. Marcus, anything else that you'd like to add about um, Spider-Man 3? This movie was ass in a half. Um, and every time I watch it, it just becomes more of a cult classic of like, fuck, I can't believe they made this. But it's like, I, yeah. I'm more upset of how they ended Toby's trilogy. Um, I am very upset with how they did Toby. It's not fair. The way that they wrote some of these characters, obviously if they could go yeah. back, I'm sure that they would and rewrite these characters. And for the time that it came out, we also realized it's over a decade old and we don't know the things that we didn't know back then. But like, you know, going back and looking at these movies, I can rewatch Spider-Man 2 and say, damn, that's still a good movie. Spider-Man that's 1 true. and say, damn, that's really a good movie. It's just, this one is just not good. And I'm hoping, the reason we watched this was because looking for a third Spider-Man movie that's coming up and it's been a while since we've had a third Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. you know, and, I can and it see has why. to seem have Again. just as many people in it as, as, as this one did. I mean, we, they doubled the villains. And I mean, you, you had three, you had three in the last one yeah. and now you've got potentially six. Including I mean, you doubled, that you damn, doubled, you doubled uh, it. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. You doubled it. And that's yeah. a lot. And that's going to be a lot. And we're going to have to see how they do it. And I think, this is going to be, this is, I think this is going to be Kevin Feig's opus of like, you all saw Spider-Man three and all the problems that there were with so many villains. It's, it's people saying you can't do it. And he said, watch I can't me do it. Yeah. yeah. Watch, watch me do it. Because and you I think slow built the character out though. That's the other thing is like, yeah, that's true. You take time again, with the character. And again, writing wise, you insisted the story was good yeah. instead of, the studio insisting things be in there just to be in there. And I appreciate that about their vision is that they, they don't put things in there just to check a box. If they're going to be in there, they're going to matter. And I I appreciate that. Please back up Kevin Feig's mind to a damn USB or a start working on, start start working on AI so that man can live in a computer somewhere like Arnim Zola. Like (laughs) that's what we need. (laughs) Who's the backup plan? We figured out like, God damn, I, you know, one person can 
have a hand and you know give people their freedom but also be the connecting dot to everybody you, you see the problems that we've had with black panther and what happens with your character oh your character dies there and, and it's like uh, everybody's kind of looking around like so this, this is all we got huh this is it Jesus. all right <laughs> that's a piece of chadwick well, uh, next, as I mentioned, next week, we're going to watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2 to check in on that. Before we get after Spider-Man No Way Home, Marcus, anything that you would like to plug this week? Of course. It's time. It's here. Everyone, the Noah store is open. Oh, yeah. The Noah store is open. The link is in my bio. If you follow underscore underscore the mantra or Marcus J. Destin, the link is in the bio right now. The store is open, wide open. It will stay open and it will change over time with different designs and um, different products will be available. You know what I mean? And, you know, just a good time. Go in there, shop, buy yourself something. Nothing is really too expensive. We really did not want to... Um, we really wanted to make this affordable for everybody to just get Noah gear on their body and, and yep. as a gift. And so um, if you go to the store, buy something. Uh, it's it's a flat rate shipping of seven uh, $7.50, um, but shipping is also free if you spend over $100. So, um, you know, spend that money, go get that stuff and, and buy, buy your family something nice. But the Noah store is finally open. Well, congratulations. And I hope nobody Thank tries you. to be the first person to order anything from the store because I got you beat by probably duh. about two hours. So y'all can fuck yourselves. Duh. <laughs> duh. I was going through the orders and I said, does this say W, Douglas W? So what the hell? Douglas already ordered like two products. Said yep. it was a family affair. I ain't even mad at That's it. right. We're mad family That's affair. My, that's my friend. Um, I have two things to plug. The first Love is... It. The love nerds go check out the love nerds there's tons of great um do-it-yourself things again we're in we're in christmas potluck season so yeah. go check out some of the recipes that maggie has up on the love nerds um, make those bring them with you um and they're fun i would like to plug something that i am doing that is not podcast related related but podcast adjacent oh. so on december 16th I will be participating in a Dungeons and Dragons live stream for St. Jude Hospital. Um, so, wait, 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 wait. Start over and put yourself on the main screen. Get me okay. out of here. I, I, will, I will put myself on the main screen. So on December 16th, I am going to be doing a Dungeons and Dragons live stream to benefit St. Jude Hospital. Um, a friend of the podcast, Chris Schultens, um, is going to be hosting that. Um, and so we're going to be playing that. It'll be about a two, three hour game. It'll be fun. It'll be silly um but we're all doing it to benefit the kids at saint jude so if you are inclined to watch um we can work it out there or if you don't want to watch donate to saint jude they're a great foundation they need the money let's take care of the kids and make sure that they have a happy holidays as well so uh that's what i got so there you have it beautiful i love Absolutely. that uh, yeah let me know how we can watch and how we can share it and i will post something in our socials about how you can watch so be good that's gonna be good yeah, um, but Marcus, we have a three-step process to success, and our first step is to read a book. Look, uh, there are a lot of books out there. Um, there are audio books. There are informational books. There's fiction, nonfiction. Just read one. Pick one. Read it. Read it. Doesn't have to be long. It can be twenty pages. Doesn't matter. But just read a book. Broaden your brain's 
perspective and, and ideas yeah. by uh, consuming a book. Um, yeah. But Marcus, what is our next step to success? The next step is drink some water. Yeah, okay, that. you got to make sure you're drinking some water. Me, personally, I'm going home soon, so I am trying to consume as much water as I possibly can so yeah. that I can enjoy on the back end as much as I possibly want to. Um, I don't think that that works. That science doesn't really work out that way. But anyway, I'm drinking water. You best believe it. Sometimes I treat myself to Fiji. I have a purifier on my sink because, uh, you know, I want the finest stuff going in my body. And vermilion water just beats the shit out of you with all the minerals um, on the inside. So, you know, get a filter, drink some water, drink a Fiji, treat yourself. Absolutely. And our third step to, to success is, look, it doesn't matter what multiverse you're in. Wash no, your ass. Not. Um, and if you're switching multiverses uh, to a different universe, um, your ass stench is going to follow you. So yeah. just make sure you grab some water and you grab some soap and some cloth and wash your ass. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to carry that shit with you. Again, we are in holiday potluck season. Nobody wants to be under the mistletoe and wonder if it's the mistletoe that has that smell and they just didn't know or if it's you. So just wash your ass. It's, it's important that you do so. Um, yeah. But uh, thanks, everybody, for coming by for this week's episode. We will be back next week. There are two episodes left this season before it we is. take a little bit of a break. So oh. which is we are excited, but don't miss them. Uh, join us next week as we uh, talk about the amazing Spider-Man 2 and that we cap off this season with Spider-Man No Way Home. So in the no meantime. Way. Home. Way home in the meantime and in the between time we love y'all we appreciate y'all stay safe stay healthy we'll catch y'all next week don't go out there making a spider-man 3 now don't do that bad news oh, fuck you yeah. you're gonna